Pop Punk and Pizza podcast is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, which is a monthly subscription box filled with merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world. So sign up right now at poppunktakeout.com and also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Punk Takeout. I'm going out, I gotta go, I'll bang a ring on the radio, so turn it up, I'm telling you. To Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamore. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm, of course, Jacques Lamore, your host. Forever grateful to uh, have you here. It's the uh, the first uh, episode, first live stream. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast version later on, or maybe you're catching the live stream right now, which whichever one you are, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, you can watch the episode live uh, as it's being recorded every single Wednesday, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time on our Facebook, our uh, YouTube, and our Twitch accounts, and uh, then it's available on all podcast platforms the next day. So um, we, I, I'm pretty excited about today's show because uh, I was pretty, I, I was pretty uh, captured uh, by this band when I first uh, was introduced to them. Uh, I think just a couple months ago, um, their uh, their music video and one of their their songs, "I've Been Kicked Out of Better Homes Than This," is what really kind of reeled me in because of the the creative, fun nature of this music video of this band and their uh, their overall sound. It's uh, it's not pigeonhole pop punk. It's all over the place, and I absolutely love it. Kind of uh, keeps you uh, wanting more or wanting to know what's coming next. Um, so we are going to talk to, uh, they're called a flight club, by the way, we're going to welcome them on. And then in a little bit, we're going to talk to, uh, Jameson Ketchum, who is the author of a book called, uh, name dropping. And he's also actually a publicist and a podcast host as well for a Godspeed podcast. So we'll get to him after flight club. So let's welcome those guys on right now. Give him a big round of applause there. Hey guys, hey. <laughs> how are you? Good, stellar. So, so let's go. Let's go around the room and uh, introduce everyone, just so we know like who's who and all that fun stuff. I'm Sam. I play guitar. I'm Alex. I play bass. I'm Charlie. I yell things. I'm Harry. I play <laughs> drums. <laughs> I like that. I yell things. Yeah, <laughs> that's Sing- what I do. Singing would be doing singing in injustice. Yeah, it really, you know, it really would be. But uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what I love about you guys is that you became, uh, or you, you made sure you, that you were prepared. Uh, you've got pizza. Right. And I saw, I can't remember who it was, but they had pizza uh, goldfish, <laughs> the pizza flavored goldfish. Oh, you all have them. We okay. the pizza party ready to rock. Dude, I mean, I, with, I, I, I didn't, uh, I, I expected great things from you guys, but you know, I, I, you just went over the top. So, you know, way, way to go for you guys. <laughs> I just, just because, uh, with the pandemic, we haven't been doing as much of the pizza part of the podcast as I would like to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even like mention 
uh, to your publicist, Becky, like, hey, make sure they've got pizza or anything, you know, something pizza related. I didn't even tell her that. Like, you guys just took it upon yourselves. And Ready. so I, I love it. So you're, you know, you're prepared. Um, I have a pizza tattoo on my ankle. It's the most pop punk thing I could have thought of. So. Dude, what, can, can, we, can we see it? If you don't mind, yeah, I'm gonna make you get up. Brand myself here because right next to my skateboard tattoo, like really, I'm just a one trick pony over here. Okay, it's uh this guy. I don't know if you can see it over there. My skateboard. Let's see. Let's throw it up. Yes. There we go. A little better view of it there. You see that? Yeah. Okay. I see it. That's what twenty dollars can buy you, kids. Only twenty. Twenty bucks. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Friday the thirteenth. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, um, I've always wanted to do that and I, uh, I have still yet to do it. So was that like just this, well, no, this last one would have been like a month ago. Was it then? No, actually it was probably like five years ago now. I think it was my first one when I moved, we're from Richmond, Virginia. Right. That's where I had been introduced to the whole like Friday the 13th tattoo thing. Okay. And, uh, as my first one, I saw a little, a little pizza with a 13 dripping from it, and I said, yeah, it's cool, whatever. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah, well, it was hard last year with COVID. Um, yeah, it has been a while. Are you, guys, are you guys still in Virginia? Yep, yep, Richmond. Okay. I was gonna say born You're, and raised, but I guess we weren't at all. Okay. <laughs> well, you said you said uh, you you said you moved. Or did you say you moved to Richmond or oh, yeah, you moved when I moved from? To, yeah, when I moved to Richmond, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, like just shy of Northern Virginia. Okay. Uh, more cows than people, as we like to say. So uh, <laughs> I said, nope, and came to Richmond. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Um, so your your new or your debut record, I should say, um, Until the Sun Drowns uh, came out in uh, July. And uh, via Open Your Ears Records, by the way, shout out to uh, Neil if he's watching this. I'm not sure if he is, but he's a uh, he's an avid listener of the podcast, and uh, he's a real great guy. So I'm yeah, I'm super I'm super glad that you guys are hooked up with uh, Open Your Ears because they just put out some some great some great records, including Until the Sun Drowns. Um, I, as I mentioned in the opening, I just absolutely love uh, being surprised. And you just, uh, like, from the start of the record, I knew that I was going to be hearing all kinds of different sounds. So I was kind of excited as I went from song to song, uh, kind of like, ooh, okay, what variant of rock am I going to hear, like, next, you know? Um because it, it, it goes from like having, you know, some of that pop punk influence. And then I forget which song it was I was listening to. Um, and I was like, you know, this kind of reminds me of that, that uh, early mid 2000s, 90s alternative grunge kind of movement, like Pearl Jam Soundgarden, not the not the oh, vocals, yeah. but like the the guitars and everything i'm like man like this sounds uh so similar to you know that whole movement from the early 90s but mixed with like all-time low vocals is you know (laughs) and i'm like and see see that's my thing like i don't i've i've never been a huge fan of like the um besides like you know 
Green Day and Offspring and Blink right. and uh, those similar bands from the 90s alternative scene. I was never much for, you know, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and 21 Pilots. Like I, the the vocals never resonated with me. They always kind of a it just wasn't my style, you know? Um, yeah. And so it, it was kind of like, like I said, like literally taking their sound, but putting it with, um, like I said, like similar vocals to all time low. And I thought, I like this now. <laughs> it's like, I can do this, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I just wanted to give you my interpretation of, uh, of that. But um, anyway, yeah, so thank you. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say thank you as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was kind of the whole point of it, though, is, uh, you know, I feel like when everyone like asks, like, what your favorite type of music is, especially like nowadays, like with the access, there is so many different kinds, you know, to just limit yourself to one thing is not very genuine and really sucks to do creatively. Um, and we have like, 50 different bands we wish we could be. And so <laughs> trying to be 50 different bands and 10 songs is not easy if they all are the same genre. So yeah, that, that was the goal is to, you know, touch on all the things that inspire us in a, the most cohesive way possible. That wasn't just the same thing over and over. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of just, you probably, I, I, I so when you, when you're out somewhere at a, you know, at a party, at a bar, at a restaurant, wherever you are with a, a friend and they're introducing you to someone new and they're like, yeah, he's in a band. And like, what kind of band do you say you're in? Do you just say a rock band? Because I feel like that would probably be the best way to explain like, you know, uh, flight club is just, it's just all the varying types of rock melted into to one yeah yeah someone uh someone asked us before to describe the band in three words and the first thing that came out of my mouth was big fat rock <laughs> i think i'm just gonna start saying that from now on <laughs> whatever so, like oh what kind of band i'm gonna be like big fat rock i like that <laughs> i like I, that that's big it. fat yeah, that's rock it. no elaboration let's see we got uh peach face with us Hey, Peach Face. What up, Peach Face? Uh, got a big smiley face there. And then uh, Jacob, um, I I always have a hard time pronouncing his last name. I don't know if it's uh, Zabu, Zabau, Zabo, um, but he's like, Flight Club, let's go. So, hey, yo, uh, it's a Jay, I think, uh, James, you're from Canada? Oh. Yeah, right. I was gonna say Jacob is for I. I think he's from Oakrest, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We them at the Doors Pub, which is where we're about to be back at. Nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys are. Uh, get, you, I saw that you're playing in Chicago with. Um, I think it's f uh, four stars. Mm -hmm. I think is yep. one and of the bands. Farhampton, yeah. four stars, and Jet Jag. Jet Jag. And I think. I think another one just got added to that show. I thought today. Oh, really? I thought it was Joystick, but let's see. I'm trying to remember where I saw that show. We're excited because um, some of our um, 
label mates on Open Your Ears guardrail from up there. We were yes. hoping that they were going to get added to the show. And so that's I got a little excited when you said that, but I'm not going to get way ahead. I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. But we're, we're hoping to hang out with guardrail while we're up there. Is that where yeah. you're from? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just South of Chicago. Um, let's see. Oh, maybe. No, I, for some reason I thought I saw. It might've been the, uh, might've been a different show I saw, but no, it, it, like you said, it's Farhampton, uh, Jet Jag and four stars. I think four stars just got added. Four stars is the one that got added. Okay. I think it might've been yesterday, honestly. Yeah, it could have been. But uh, in case anyone is uh, near Chicago and wants to go to this show, it's happening Saturday, October 16th at uh, Burlington. Uh, 21-plus show, um, 8 p.m. So um, it's bound bound to be a great show. Yeah, we had some shows um, in between Virginia and Chicago. We're going all the way up the East Coast up to, like, Massachusetts and then out west toward there. So we might be coming to you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm uh, I'm going to try to come out to that show because I yeah, would love man. I would love to see you guys play and, and see um, because you're so energetic in your music videos. Like, I love that you just I, 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 I watch a lot of music videos, obviously, because I I get, you know, emails pitch to me all day long and i'm not saying that to to boast it's nothing to boast about it's just that's the facts right so i i see lots of music videos uh some are so so some are great some are amazing some are spectacular and i think you guys are in the spectacular category because you just bring it up a whole notch and it's like if you didn't know any better i mean you you would say like you guys are like the the biggest band in the world just by the <laughs> the production value and the performance that you bring to your music videos you know um I, what's that i said fake it till you make it <laughs> that's true that, uh, shout out to um Altamira film company and uh, spencer Caesar, the two people that we worked on with um all of our music videos. Oh, and Rachel Reinhardt and yeah. Ian Hurdle. They did our comeback video. Uh, we're very lucky. We got put into contact with a lot of great people who really just know how to put the extra mile in there. Harry's big, beautiful brain. He just has the visuals in his head and he gets to pour it all out over the music videos. And uh, I think a big part of it was, I mean, kind of like you said, like our live show, we really put a lot of ourselves into and i think a lot of people will listen to our music and you know have their thoughts whatever good bad whatever but then when they come and see us i think they really get it i think it really all falls into place so um it's kind of harry's idea to be like well we're not playing shows over the pandemic we have all this new music how are we going to show people who flight club are without being in front of them and that's where the videos came in so thank you man it means the world means we're doing something right yeah you're welcome i just remember uh you know getting the email uh from your publicist months ago and you know showing me the video for i've been kicked out of better homes than this and i literally i like laughed out loud watching this video i'm like wow like this is hilarious but so awesome at the same time it's just pure energy and just having fun uh you know and and totally kind of bringing that 
rock star presence as well, but yeah. still, but still not in a snobbish way. You know, I yeah. feel like a lot of people say rock star, but it, it comes off in a, a snobbish way, but I don't mean it in that kind of way, just by, like I said, how well it's done. And I was also trying to figure out, I've been kicked out of better homes than this. That's a line from a movie, right? It's from from Chappelle show. Chappelle show. Okay. I knew I was like, I I read that. I'm like, I was like, that's from something. What is it from? It's when uh, Rick James gets kicked out of Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy's house. And (laughs) he's like, his legs like don't work because they beat beat the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah, he's like crawling out of the house. He's like, I've been kicked out of better homes than this. <laughs> and I, I, we're just in the studio. It's like, I think I brought up it's like that'd be kind of funny to call it that, and got away with it. So, so that was were you guys like was one of you just watching Chappelle show and thought that'd be great for a title? Or, like Sam has showed us that skit at least two hundred times. So, it's so still it's, fun. It's, it's <laughs> Peach Face uh, says you guys are the best uh, rock band on the East Coast, which is that's quite a compliment there. Metal band on the East Coast, yeah. yeah. If you're not doing a wall of death to Peach Face, then I don't know. You're, you're <laughs> uh, Becky says, agreed. Much love, Flight Club. Thanks that kind of rhymes, doesn't it? Much love, yeah. Flight Club. I like that. Thanks, girls. <laughs> we were just hanging out with them. <laughs> oh, okay. We might know them, I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Whether whether you do or not, it's just awesome that they're uh, they're hanging out with us right now and oh, yeah, uh, what and watching you guys. Um, so you know, with with uh, you know, until the sun drowns, uh, what else is? Uh, how did all the instrumentation come together for this? Because I feel like just because there's so many different songs and different feelings and i i just i imagine it it's got to be to me it sounds from a creative standpoint it could be kind of hard to get this all together in an album in one cohesive record you know it's a it's a lot of work putting together an album obviously and i would especially i would especially think in this case with so many different styles of rock going on yeah I would say we started off with maybe like just making a internal playlist um, of like maybe all of us chose five songs that we wanted to at least touch like the most one, at least one part of each song somewhere on our album or what's inspiring us to make an album um, for the month we were in the studio. So that's probably the start of it, knowing that we had a playlist that really jumped all over the place and maybe that kind of got us started to branching out and like, making everything cohesive and blending together from that original, like 30, you know, of our favorite songs type of playlist into our 10 of our own. We owe a lot of it to Will too. Our uh, Will Beasley produced the record and he, he was patient with us being all over the place with styles and bringing it all together and us not being too frustrating with like how broad of a spectrum we wanted to do. He, he really helped kind of like rank, Corrales into a organized fashion because you could be in like a certain mood and working on a certain song and it's just not clicking at that moment and then just work on check out the next demo and it's a completely different style of rock and it just re-inspires everybody to get started on another project right there so 
we were definitely like popping from song to song, demo to demo for the first few weeks in the studio. And then once it felt like it was all falling into place was when the extra details and the the small things to make it sync together fell in together. So what was the what was the first song that that came out of the gate that kind of uh, lit lit the flame for this record? It's kind of a hard one because we had a ton of demos, but the first yeah. song the first song we did was Dust Bunny. Yeah. It was the okay. fourth track on the record. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, we added uh yeah. we added fifth. another grid on there. Yeah, fifth. Fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the first one we worked on in the studio with will but going into it we had like 30 plus demos i'd say wow okay so you guys really worked your asses off yeah we were well we were excited we just we had just released our previous ep recreational love it was our first release uh through open your ears um i think that was always that was the first release right yeah yeah yeah, that was the first special release and with that it's like it was hard work, but it's also like, that's like the easiest part is because you want to just like be cranking out ideas. Um, yeah, it's a lot of ideas, but you know, it's, it's almost like a race, like, but just like being like, how many good ideas can I get that I'm excited about and want to work on? Um, so it is like a work in a sense, but really it's just a thing of passion and yeah, we're, wanting to do it. We're very excited rolling off that release to jump right back into the studio. So it was all fun. And then literally jump into a van and, you know, shoot a music video. Was the van yeah. was the van moving during that video? Not when we were inside it. No. Not when you were inside a plane? Because I thought, I was like, man, that would be epic if they were. I mean, it's still an epic idea, an epic shot. But obviously it's made to believe that you're playing in this van while it's driving around, you know. Yeah. So. We tried. We wanted to. If it had been our van, that probably would have been the case. Yeah. But we borrowed the one from a friend, mm-hmm. and so we felt we we felt pretty inclined to just make sure everything stayed as it is. <laughs> 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 Not damage to it. Especially since we were throwing syrup and sprinkles on each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so before we, I, if if you guys are cool with it, um, I do want to play. Um, that video for I've been kicked out of better homes than this. If you're cool with that, yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, but before we do that, where can everyone find you on social media? And do you want to kind of list off any of those tour dates we talked about earlier? Yeah. Uh, so all of our social media across the board uh, is just Flight Club VA for Virginia, uh, and that's Flight Club with an L. Uh, we get. I heard thought you weren't supposed to talk about it jokes all the time. So <laughs> Club VA, uh, you can find us anywhere on social media. Um, we are playing Blue Ridge Rock Fest in a week. If you're local to Virginia, there's a ton of awesome, like hard rock bands playing it. And we'll be there Sunday. Uh, shortly after that, we're hitting the road from the 8th through the 16th, uh, going up from Virginia all the way up to Massachusetts, hitting every state along the way, uh, then hopping out to uh, Chicago. So Come see us if you haven't yet. We, I, I think we put on a pretty damn good live show. Hell Thanks. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, congratulations, guys, on uh, the release of Until the Sun Drowns, which uh, is out now via Open Your Ears Records, which uh, you can go to O-Y-E-Rex, which is R-E-C-S, not like 
with a letter X uh, <laughs> dot com. Uh, and you can find the link to the store and you can buy, you know, physical copies or just stream the hell out of it on, you know, on Spotify or Apple Music. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's get into the video. And uh, thank you guys so much for being on Pop Punk and Pizza. Thanks for having us. It was great meeting you. And yeah, hopefully I'll uh, see you in Chicago. I'm going to try. I'm, I am. I am really going to try to make it out. I can't promise, but I'm going to try. So yeah. and if I do. I'll definitely connect with you guys. So yeah, let us know ahead of time. We'll, we'll get you on the list. Cool, man. Thanks so much. kicked out of better homes than this by flight club uh let's give those guys another round of applause if you haven't watched the music video for that if you're not watching the video version of of this podcast right now you need to look up flight club 
on YouTube and find that music video because it's literally has become one of my favorite music videos to watch. But their uh, brand new record, Until the Sun Drowns, out now via Open Your Ears Records. Uh, Before we get to our second guest uh, this evening, just a quick reminder that uh, we are uh, presented by Pop Punk Takeout, which is a monthly subscription service. They deliver merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world. They deliver it right to your door in a takeout box. You can get it delivered literally in a pizza takeout box or a Chinese food takeout box. And for uh, this month, September, I believe pre-orders are still up for it. Uh, Their box is centered around Smart Punk Records, and one of the main artists that's being featured is Chris DeMakes, who's best known for Less Than Jake, but he also has released uh, a solo record through Smart Punk and a book as well. So I'd imagine they're might be some of those goodies in the special box. So you can sign up today at poppunktakeout.com and also follow them for updates on social media, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at poppunktakeout. So our second guest this evening, we have uh, Jameson Ketchum, who is a publicist, also a fellow podcaster, and uh, an author as well. He just wrote a book called Name Dropping and actually the 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 official title is uh, longer than that. Let's see if I can get through it. Name dropping, seeking creative truth through trendy uh, altruism and punk rock. Uh, It just came out this past June. So let's uh, welcome Jameson onto the podcast. Welcome, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being on. How you been? I'm doing great. I should say thanks for saying the entire title as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I I um I I figure most people and even yourself just probably just say oh name dropping, you know, cuz I yeah. mean that's that's what's going to bring uh the actual book up, right? When people type it in, I imagine, like to Google or or uh, if they're wanting to like uh read it on Kindle, I imagine probably just type in name dropping and it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, thankfully, my name is unique enough as well. It's not, uh, you know, by Bob Jones or something. So (laughs) That's true. I don't know any other Jameson Ketchums. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, that that works out well for you. Um, I apologize that it took me so long to get back to your emails and stuff. But I was, uh, you know, interested because even the title alone, I was like, it, it made my head turn. I'm like, huh. What is this really about? What are we going to talk about? Because, and, and just from reading your background a little bit, um, it sounds like you have a uh, pretty uh, collective experience in the music industry, uh, not only from being a, a publicist, but you're also a, a podcaster as well, and uh, obviously writing books. I think this is your second one, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first one was kind of a college experiment book of like, can I, can I finish a thing and put it out and have it make sense? But yeah, this, this is the first that feels really official with a publisher, uh, with a clear directive, a clear story, (laughs) but yeah, it's my, it's my second one. And there's, you're right. Yeah. I feel like I probably like a lot of people out there tried everything in the music industry um, tried to adapt, you know, I, I was a music journalist for years and then I was like, man, I'm so tired of transcribing interviews and then <laughs> podcasts came along and you're like, perfect, I can do this. I can still do this. 
Um, so let's start at the the beginning. Like, w- when did music start for you? Did you were you a player as well? Did you play in bands too before you became a journalist? Or I I have zero zero musical talent whatsoever. <laughs> I always I always tell people that I tried to play guitar, and I think through doing interviews lately, I realized I really didn't try at all. It was more of like getting getting like a book that was the most dumbed down. You know, here's how you play guitar. And trying to learn a chord and 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 giving up by saying like, well, my hands are too small. It's just never going to happen. <laughs> I I'm not going to lie when I say um, that's one of the reasons I love punk rock and pop punk so much. It's because it's usually so simple. Not all of it though. There's you know the the more complicated stuff that I can't play. But that's why I ended up playing it myself in mm-hmm. a band for so many years. Is because the power chord was was my thing. I could do that right. easily, and I couldn't do all the other complicated chords or play yeah. solos. You know, so I just played yeah. power chords. And I I don't think I had any any like uh, idea of that type of playing or that type of thing when I was young. In fact, a couple of months ago, I was telling a, a musician friend that I was like, "Hey, look, like I can play. This is this was the one note that I learned." Uh, before I completely gave up, I can play a C and I did it. And he goes, that's not even it. <laughs> Bro. Uh, that's a, that's a G. Okay. Yeah. That's a G minor seventh or. Yeah. I got whatever. nowhere. Yeah. And you're like, Oh man. Uh, I <laughs> all those it. years, all those years. You're like, this is a C chord, everyone, <laughs> you know? And it's like, you're probably thinking, Man, I I showed that to so and so from that well-known band. You know, I was like, "Oh, yeah. I can play a C chord, C." And, yep, you know. I was like, "Hey, yeah, Burt McCracken, check out, yeah, check out my C chord. I could probably play with you someday." I'm on <laughs> my like, way. Okay, bro. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, so when did you? Obviously, you were probably a music fan from you know, from high school or even before high school, what got you into just being a big fan of music? Yeah, I think like if I really try to think back the furthest I can go, uh, well, I mean, for one, I remember my mom listening to Neil Diamond when I was a little kid, um, the song coming to America and just thinking like, this is just like the heaviest thing I've ever heard. Like this is, (laughs) this is rock music, you know? Um, there was just something, yeah. About that, like pump up, yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, still have, love I have to laugh. I just think that's so funny. Oh, it's, it's so yeah, great. it's it's so. Tr- I listened to that song the other day because I hadn't heard it in years, and I was like, yeah, this is like I'm still getting jazzed by this song. But as <laughs> far as something, core, man, yeah, you know? yeah. As far as something, I think that was like my own. Uh, I mean, it's definitely like early Green Day, and then MXPX was like the first band that I ever got. I'm wearing an MXPX hat right now. How ridiculous! Oh yeah, I, I, I didn't even notice that <laughs> until now. Yeah, how I, I missed that. So that's. I think that was the band that was the first one that was like I didn't get it from an older sibling or a friend or anything. It was just like, oh, this is mine, and now I'm really, really obsessed with it, and I can't really explain why. Um, and I just bought. It's funny. I just bought this hat a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, man, like I've been listening to that band since uh i don't know i was in seventh grade i mean so 20 you know 20 some years so it's super weird to be that old and then to think oh yeah uh, bands have been in your life for that long consistently yeah it is a weird feeling i i think for me 
I think I was introduced to them like in 99, maybe. And I was nine years old and I'm 31 now. So, yeah, it's, that's mm-hmm. I'm bad at math. But that's me, yeah. that's that I was going to say that's about 20 years, right? <laughs> Somewhere around there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a weird feeling like you kind of grow. You kind of grow up with them, you know? Yeah. And they gr- And they grow up with you as well. So. It's, um, yeah, it's a really cool, it's a really cool experience. Um, but, um, but anyway, so it, when, when did, did journalism come in to play for you in, in college? I take it. Um, yeah, I think I started to really enjoy writing in high school, but I didn't know what to do with it or what that meant. I, I don't even think I told anyone. It seemed like an embarrassing thing for some reason in high school. I don't think I even told anyone that I enjoyed writing. English was always the uh, subject I was just the least bad at. It wasn't even like, I really enjoy this. It was just, this comes kind of easy. So I think in college, I just started to try to figure out, can I write for, how do, how do you get, just like any job, how do you get started when you have no experience? Why why apply to things and say, hey, there's I have nothing for you to read, uh, yeah. but I'd really like to write for you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah college college i think i just started writing for like real small yeah real small blogs and stuff and i would just i worked at the university a lot uh but i would just research bands bands i remember starting like a mxpx i don't even know what this was but like i thought oh what if i could write a book about my favorite band like it that totally doesn't make much sense. Did you really today did you really then. did you write <laughs> did you start writing a book on MXPX? Yeah, I think I there was something that I enjoy just physically about writing and and writing physically and typing physically that I just and it was a time killer for having a boring job and being stuck on a computer. But yeah, yeah. I started to write one and I remember I've, thinking like this is going to be what this is just going to be one person's like here's why they're great. And here's how I found them. And like, of course, totally, <laughs> totally worthless and boring. I wouldn't um, say wor- it just depends on, <laughs> I guess, what, what you go from did, uh, how far did you get on that? Oh, I mean, a couple paragraphs. <laughs> do you, do you still have it? Oh no, I wish I did. It's this, <laughs> the book name dropping is really like probably the evolution of that, that little project I started. <laughs> oh, okay. That would have been interesting to like go back and yeah you know read that uh and like or even include a snippet of that in your book and be like yeah uh, so <laughs> yeah just as you know that would have um, been it would have been great yeah yeah it and it would have been, been before i ever saw them play live it would have been before like meeting you know like it was just purely a fan just like, here's why I think they're great. I bet people want to read this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you've no. <laughs> you've inter- you've interviewed the band, or I think at least Mike Carrera, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone in the band and, and Mike a, a handful of times. I was lucky enough. I talk about this in the book, but like, I love the idea of like full circle moments. Just something that you know, you hear people say, "If you would have told 15 year old me, you know, blah blah blah, I would have been so excited." Uh, but to go and, and, and be in Mike's studio and be interviewed on his podcast, Mike Herrera hour. That's to have what that. it was. Okay. Yeah. So like, not only to like, I think I started with goals of just like, you know, if I could ever see some of these bands that I'm obsessing over, wouldn't that be great? And then you see them and you're like, well, what if I could ever meet them? And it kind of grows from there. And I think that's, that's what drove me throughout all of my 
journalism career was just how far can I take this? Uh, can I meet or work or maybe in some cases work for somebody that I've looked up to for years and years? Like, is that, I don't know, it feels like a, a weird kind of fantasy or a weird dream to say, how close can I get to this person that I think is like so far from me and so like untouchable in a way? Yeah, that's a pinch me moment. Like you said, it's full circle. Like mm-hmm. you're on his show. It's not he's on your show. Yeah. Like it's the <laughs> other way around. Like that has that had right. to have been such a blind. And I probably listened to that episode and didn't even realize it um, because I, I I've pretty much listened to all all the episodes or most of the episodes of you know my Carrera Hour and now you mm-hmm. know my Carrera podcast um, and how did how did that come about how did you land that that gig that spot yeah and i i I really wasn't pitching for it or anything i had written um i had done a little bit of work for tumble down for his his kind of side project just some like press work and it wasn't even something where i was directly dealing with him at the time uh but through that he he gave me a call and asked me to write their bio for their plans within plans album when that came out um great record Oh, it's yeah. I have it on vinyl right in front of me, and it's it's so underrated. It's such a it good. It is. Yeah, it is. I don't know why I didn't get didn't get more attention, but I. Well, I think I, I think, and probably Mike probably has even said this at some point. I think it was just the the people that were behind that record or the yeah. the, the management at that time, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, because that was before the days of Tom, right? Uh, before Tom joined. No, not the no, oh right. Not oh. not the guitar no, not not Tom Wisniewski. Um Tom their manager. Oh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I think that was like right before or maybe they just started working together or something like that. But um I think, yeah, there was Yeah, I think so. It's just different different times. But anyway, that's that's besides the point. Um so so anyway, so you you were you were helping uh the the campaign for that record. Yeah, I, I was just doing yeah some writing stuff for that and just through that we had a lot of conversations and a lot of uh talks about kind of where where MXPX had been, what their career was looking like at the current time. And it was all stuff to me as a fan that was just like it was so cool to hear and to have like any small fingerprint on anything that they had done. I, I just, yeah, I thought that's full circle. Like that's pretty amazing to just like be this, you know, so close to touch and do something creative with people I consider to be really creative. Um, so I think he thrown out a couple times about me being on the podcast to talk about journalism and publicity. And I'm sure it was like such a throwaway thing for him, but I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to bother him. I'm going to bother him until this happens. Cause <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Um, and then, uh, the, the band that I was touring with fall star, they were playing up in Bremerton and I was like, Oh, this, this is like fate. This has got to, it's gotta be the time. So I, I went up, went up with them for a show and then broke off and went to Mike's and, uh, I'm sure embarrassed myself several times while I was there. Yeah. Right. I, how could you not? I mean, Oh yeah. You, you're in, you know, you're in Mike Herrera's studio, his, you know, his hometown. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. once again a pinch me moment. Like, is this really yeah. happening? Kind of thing. Yeah, I was like, I remember sitting at the table, like in the kitchen, and he's got this giant life in general, um, like poster board thing taking up a whole wall and then right behind me was like the platinum slowly going the way the buffalo like framed right behind me and 
yeah, I'm just like, yeah, like hearing uh, I'm okay, you're okay was probably the, you know, one of the, it, probably the second song I ever heard by them from that album. And so, yeah, I, I just love those, not only the full circle thing, but I think we just get so jaded with this type of stuff, especially if we work in the industry that I just, I was like, I don't really care if I seem a little silly right now. Like, this is awesome. Like, I want to enjoy this. I don't want to act like it's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. You have to enjoy those little moments because that's what yeah. that's what life is all about, right? It's just enjoying those those little uh those little victories, those those wins. And and yeah. if you ask me, that's not a little victory. That's a that's a big victory. <laughs> um and you know, in, in my eyes. Um but I guess we should probably go back a little even a little further than that, because I I'm assuming like does does name dropping the book you just wrote and that's out that everyone should go read right now, do you start at like your first, you know, a journalism gig? Like where does, where yeah, does the book, I, where does the book start? Yeah, I kind of start, the first chapter is a little bit of a, a teaser of something that I, I kind of go more in depth about later. Um, but that has more to do with touring. It has more to do with touring with a Christian band and kind of seeing some weird faith-related stuff on the road and not really knowing how it computes <laughs> uh, to this day, really. But uh, beyond that, no, I, I start with kind of talking about the way that I grew up and growing up going to church and then getting into how impactful music was uh, to me at a young age that led to everything I'm doing now. But also the the sort of uh, Christian quote Christian music versus non and and what each of those do or don't do for you and so I start pretty far back with like you know getting into stuff like DC Talk or the Newsboys stuff that was just considered uh, this is really safe and and I'll you know I said Neil Diamond earlier but we used to listen to DC Talk uh, Jesus Freak every morning before school to like <laughs> get get pumped for the day. Um, <laughs> And it's so, I mean, it's such a thing. It's such a funny thing, of course, now. Uh, but I think now that I'm also past the jaded stage of hopefully um, of working in the music industry that I can appreciate like what that stuff really was and how, yeah. And how impactful it was. Like I wouldn't as, as cheesy as that music totally is, I wouldn't be where I am today without having been like really into it at a time, you know? <laughs> right. So like in, in your mind, what is considered to be Christian music? Because you kind of just went over that a little bit, like what's actually Christian yeah. and what's not, or what's, you know, so like in your eyes, what is Christian music? I'm, I'm definitely now way more in the camp of like, it. not that it doesn't matter, but that the label is just so terrible. I mean, when, yeah. when, I, was, when I was a kid, it was just an easier way to distinguish things. And I, I, I know I still use it now. I feel like I use it with people that I know, know the difference or know what I mean. Um, but now I would consider that like the easiest thing being like worship music or something that's just really coming out and saying like, this is what this is. This is what it's for. Uh, versus in the old days, you had to be like, uh, so, you know, oh, well, they're on tooth and nail. So they're a Christian band. And there was always a big yes. debate, you know? Yes, yeah. Yes. The, the debate I mean, about that stuff is, is really funny it's weird to think of now because i think it's a little more cut and dry now yeah um because i mean so many bands that were on tooth and nail were not christian bands right um including i mean mxpx never labeled themselves as a christian band if i'm correct i mean i could be wrong on that but um i i feel like you would be more of the uh the mxpx expert than than myself (laughs) you know um but uh 
but yeah, it, it was it was so strange um, to uh, to come across some of those bands and be like, oh yeah, they're Christian because they're yeah. signed to Tooth and Nail. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gotten even weirder since then. I mean, the fact now that Under Oath, you know, will say shit in a song, uh, and that's so to to that seemingly to them and then to to fans as well that's so blatantly over the line of it can't be christian music and i know that it's that there's a whole thing with under oath but it's just funny that to look back and realize that oh we were like setting up these rules for what was and wasn't christian music and the the, the title of christian music is problematic to begin with but we were setting up oh i don't know i saw their drummer smoking a cigarette after the last show therefore not christian and it's like well but somebody else at my church might not care about, you know, it's just yeah. none of it makes any sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's why I remember having, I think it was with, uh, I was having a conversation with Randy Winter from Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Mm. And, you know, it, I, they, some people have, and including myself, I, I've thought and understood that they were a Christian band, but mm-hmm. it sounded like he himself, they don't they don't like to to actually use that label they consider themselves to be more he said more spiritual and Mm -hmm. i think part of that is one of the things you just said about you know oh well so and so was smoking a cigarette after the show like Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that um because i don't think they're they're not anti uh you know they're okay with people drinking at their shows and and things like that but yeah. they uh they're spiritual and they love god and they're you know they are christians themselves and but i think um they don't like to i i and i could be wrong on that um but i i think that's kind yeah. of what he was saying like more like a, a they're more sp- spiritual than you know being yeah. and maybe that has something to do with what you're talking about too well, it seems safer to me. I, I've had Ronnie on a couple times and he's such a good dude. I, I always knew a handful of their songs. I never, I guess, got so into them that I picked up, up picked up on any cues uh, about spirituality. But I remember him saying like that. I feel like they when they came out, they were like they were OK with that label or they would have called themselves that. Uh, and then stuff like Face Down got really big and kind of took them in that direction. And he was like, man, if people were paying attention, though, like they shouldn't have been surprised. Like if you listen to my other, you know, our other yeah. stuff, you really shouldn't have been shocked when I said I was right. a Christian. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the um, most people know that, uh, you know, they know the whole um, Face Down record, you know, mm-hmm. um, or the record that Face Down is on. Mm-hmm. Um, they they know that. Um, and, and there's there's several. um or several lines in there. There's several hints of mm-hmm. like his relationship with God, you know? Yeah. So it's like, like you said, why, why is it a surprise? Yeah. And I, I think if I was, I think if I was in a band, I think if I knew more than the C chord, which I know very well, <laughs> I, um, I, I think I would just, I think I would go the other way where instead of coming out and saying, yes, we're a Christian band and then uh-huh. letting people analyze what we're talking about when it's not, faith related in their eyes i'd rather i'd rather not say anything and then when i sing about god or sing about faith that's kind of par for the course for most bands i mean unless you're you know exclusively singing about breakups whatever most musicians are going to cover like the big things in life 
So even when I hear like a band that's not, you know, hasn't labeled themselves as a Christian band, talk about Christianity or Jesus or whatever, I don't ever think, oh, well, maybe, you know, like maybe they're Christians now. I just think that's, yeah, that's a big religion, of course. It's another big thing in your life you're going to talk about. Yeah, right. Exactly. It it just, it makes... It, I don't know. It, I guess it goes back to one of those things that's opinionated and, and everyone has their own way of mm-hmm. of uh, of doing it. But I'm curious to hear what your experience was, though, touring with uh, Christian bands and which ones did you tour with? And what were some of the things like you said, you saw some interesting things or some weird things. Yeah. What what in the world did you see while on the road with these these christian bands and how did you wind up on the road with them what what were you doing for them yeah so the band that i i traveled with primarily uh was, is fall star they're on face down records uh right now so they're still going strong uh but they would tour on on packages with bands like uh sleeping giant the glorious unseen the chariot august burns red back in the day um so th- how how that came about though was i i was writing for some different, different publications, just real small stuff. I was in college still. And I had just gotten to know those guys through the local scene here in Portland, Oregon. And I remember thinking like, if they ever go on tour, like I will, I would, you know, like try to figure out a way to ask them if it would be okay if I went just so that's like a bucket list thing. Like even if I went out for a week, you know, to say, cause I was just such a music nerd to be able to say, Oh, I went on tour was just like, yeah, I just thought, oh, if I could ever say that, how cool. Um, and so they, so they, and they knew that, I think, I think they were pretty, I think it was pretty obvious that I wanted to do something like that with them. Sure. And I had connected them at the time with this clothing line that was setting up a tour. So I think they also felt like they owed me a little bit as well. And they're like, okay, yeah, we, you can go. Um, and that turned into many, many more. I, it was, uh, I mean, especially the first few tours, you know, after a while, you know, someone in every state, you get floors to stay on and all that. The first one you don't, the first one is, uh, just primarily Walmart parking lots, uh, <laughs> you know, sleeping in the van, sometimes sleeping just outside of the van and bark dust. It was, I mean, just the worst, the worst conditions to where you're like, this is terrible, but I know there's an end in sight and, you know, I'll have such a great story afterwards and all that. Yeah. So, so- Back up though, I gotta hear. Do you have any interesting uh, stories of of uh, hotel Walmart? Because I all I've I've had a few mm-hmm. from over the years of just incidences that have happened at Walmart's while I stayed there. Yeah, in their parking lots. So like, for you, do you have any interesting stories while sleeping in Walmart parking lots? Oh man, I. Yeah. So, uh, when we were, when we'd be with other bands, we would try to do a circle the wagons thing where, you know, you circle all your, your vans and your trailers up so that you could sleep in the middle of that circle and you'd feel protected. You'd feel like you're close enough to your gear. You know, that was kind of the ideal situation. Um, so over, I mean, there's overnight Walmarts where they don't mind if you sleep there, of course, but they don't like people sleeping outside of their vans. (laughs) Right. So, Yeah. Which we found out, we'd find out every night pretty much and still do it. But, (laughs) uh, but they would always in the morning, they would always send out, it was like they were sending out their intern or like they'd send out like the youngest person or the oldest person who worked there. You could (laughs) tell someone just like drew the short straw to be like, no, you go talk to him. No, you go talk to him. (laughs) So we'd get some like, you know, whatever, 16, 17 year old kid that was like, um, Hey guys, (laughs) you're not allowed to sleep out here. Um, 
and a lot of t- what the first couple of times I remember hearing, hearing the guy and being like, I'm just going to pretend like I'm still asleep. Somebody else can deal with it. Uh, and then later somebody would be like, Oh yeah, that's what I was doing too. Oh yeah. That's what I was doing too. So huh. people would just ignore the kid and sometimes they just uh-huh. go away. <laughs> but yeah. it was, it was stuff like that. It was stuff like we were always really respectful. We wouldn't, you know, try not to go, you know, pee in a corner somewhere. We tried to well. actually go into the store, but not all the bands we were with would follow those those same rules. So well, of we got not. kicked out of plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, conti- continuing on with <laughs> your, your the rest of the story. I just had to, to hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's that's one-tenth of the, the weird stuff that would happen at Walmart. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the I'll, I'll try not to give away too much just because this is the beginning of the book. But like there were some bands that we were out with that were very charismatic and very about healing and some stuff with like demonic possession as well. Um, so we saw some really strange things, things that I, to this day, still talk to the, my friends about that were there still debate if it was real, it challenged like everybody to like kind of rethink their whole structure of belief because we were sitting there saying like, well, yeah, we're these Christian dudes and we're out here like, trying to you know like spread this message yet we'd see something like somebody get healed and we'd be like no that's not real that's not legit so it was this big challenge to be like all right well what do you know if we're all in we should be all in and and believe this very weird stuff we're seeing there's there's guys uh i I talk about this a lot in the book but tommy green from the band sleeping giant where that dude will just pray for any anyone any healing anything you got um without like any hesitation without any sort of like, well, I don't know if like that's going to get healed. He's just so all in. So as much as you might start to think, man, I don't know if I believe the same way or to the same extent, you're, you're still just like, man, but like, good for him. You know, like I admire the the heck out of anyone that's that uh, all about it, I guess. And that confident in it. So no, I mean, we saw again what i what i believe i think to be people being healed from sicknesses from broken bones um there was a yeah i talk about this in the book at least one possible demonic possession it sounds so weird to even say so was this was this at a show like someone was possessed at a show and and one of yeah. the one of the dudes from the band healed this demonic person uh, yeah, this girl talked about how she was at a different, uh, huge Christian festival a few days before, and she had seen someone, uh, like get healed from a possession and she was worried that like something kind of hung on to her, I think. Um, it wasn't, the thing is it's, it wasn't any sort of like movie thing where she was flailing about or anything like that or talking in a weird voice. Like that's certainly what I expected. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't anything like, yeah, like movie, like, like that. Um, but still just some pretty unexplainable weird stuff to where, yeah, Tommy and, and this guy, Chad Johnson, who was on the tour, um, he used to work at tooth and nail. They just prayed over her uh, a bunch. And later when I talked to Chad, few years later uh i was like how did you have like that confidence to do that and how'd you know what to say and all that and he's like oh i did i had no idea what i was doing he's like i just like yeah i just kept praying like yeah help, help me figure out what to say help me figure out what to do i don't know if any of this is real but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep trying to help you know yeah very interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> still huh. don't know what i think about it years yeah later. I, I don't know what i think about that either honestly <laughs> but 
once again, you know, it's that's up to own, everyone's own judgment and yeah, whatnot. So, and I I hope that I present stories like that in the book without without an agenda or anything. Like I don't feel like I wrap it up with like, and Jesus did this and Jesus is the best more just like, here's the thing I saw super weird. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah, no. And it definitely, it definitely sounds like, I mean, just from you telling the story now, I'm not feeling like you're, you know, pushing anyone in a certain direction. You're just saying, yeah, this thing happened. And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, and strange. I, I don't really know how to explain it or how I even feel about it. Yeah. You know? So and, and I think just to, to think about these things happening at these like hardcore shows, like, yeah, it, I mean, this wasn't during the, it was, it was afterwards and stuff, but just yeah. not a world that I was aware existed within music for sure. Right. Well, I got to dive more in uh, to uh, to name dropping then uh, seeking creative truth through trendy uh, all, all, all altruism or altruism uh, and punk rock. Long title, but it sounds like this thing is chock full of amazing stories that uh, that you've experienced. So where can people find the book? Yeah, it's still just digital for the time being. Um, okay. So Amazon is, is your best bet. And again, yeah, looking up name dropping with with my name, Jameson Ketchum is the best way to find that. Um, I've actually been asking people lately to review it too on Amazon. It's something that can be done, you know, for free. You don't have to buy the book to review it or anything. Um, but Amazon, yeah, is the best bet. And then I'll have some physical copies here down the road as well. Okay, cool. And then um, is Godspeed podcast still going? it is yeah uh, i've had to pull back a little bit obviously in doing uh promo for the book and stuff but uh we're coming up on 200 episodes uh here pretty soon so yeah if anyone wants to nice. check that out Podcast. it's a lot of musicians also have thank you yeah also have uh yeah it's a lot of musicians our, our episode that's up right now is maddie mullins from memphis mayfire so uh musicians authors comics try to just try to just do any anybody that's creative uh that i I'm interested in and that I think is kind of doing something a little bit different and standing out a bit. Yeah. Well, that sounds awesome, man. So check that out. And then I, are you still offering uh publicity services too, or have you kind of pulled back on that or. Yeah, I've had to pull back too on that. The last, last thing I worked on was a friend's book. Um, Lindsay Manfredi from the band cold put out a book uh, last year. Yeah. And so I, I remember did, that. Yeah. So I did some work uh, with her. That was the last, last big project, but it's it's nice to be able to say yet or say no to certain things and say yes to others when I have the time versus it being you know a full time gig that I gotta I gotta do all the time so sure. that's still yeah it's still on the table but um, the book obviously is the the biggest focus for now. Okay, cool. Uh, where's where's the best pe- uh, best place people can find you online or or even just like a link to the book? I know you said Amazon, but sure. Yeah, Amazon for the book. And then really my main hub for things has been Instagram. So it's a name dropping book, all one word. I just I just got back onto Twitter too. I was trying to I was trying to like pare down to one social media. Um, but then you realize you gotta you gotta be on everything. So I haven't yeah. started a TikTok yet. <laughs> I haven't either. And uh I'm I'm getting closer and closer to uh giving in, you know, to the whole yep. TikTok thing. Just because more and more people are doing it. So I'm like, well, I guess I got to do it too, you know? So it's, yeah, it's like, um, 
Yeah, I feel like you just don't really have a choice with those things, you know? Yeah, I, I know I'll get on it. I think I have one to watch videos because everyone sends videos around, but yeah, the idea of making content for it is a little scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I got to do this too. It's like, I'm already doing all these other things. How am I going to find time to, yeah. to make, you know, TikTok videos? It's like... I don't know. I know. Photos are one thing. And then TikTok, you're like, well, now I have to be like an actor kind of and make funny <laughs> things or interesting things. That's too much. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts. So I'm I'm still trying to figure that all out in my brain. But um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And and congratulations on, you know, name dropping and thank you. And, uh, you know, reaching almost 200 on on Godspeed podcast. That's great. So thank you um, so much. So, yeah, J- Jameson Ketchum. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. I, I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much. It means a lot. Thank you. No problem. Have a great have a great rest of the night. You too. Thanks. Later. All right, let's uh, give Jameson another uh, big round of applause as a uh, flight club as well for uh, being on the podcast tonight. Once again, uh, Jameson's book, Name Dropping, can be found on Amazon currently. He said he'd be uh, working on... Uh, you know, getting the uh, physical copies, but uh, for now you can read it digitally and uh, then also follow him on Instagram at name dropping book. And then flight club, once again, their uh, new record is out now via open your ears records. Uh, It's called until the sun drowns. You can get physical copies of that, uh, or you can stream it on Spotify or wherever you stream music. If you just want to get an idea for the album, but I, I really think you're going to like it um so make sure you uh show them some love and support as well as uh, well as our uh, title sponsor pop punk takeout uh, go to poppunktakeout.com and order your uh merch box today sign up for their monthly subscription service follow them on facebook tiktok and instagram at pop punk takeout and then uh, if you want to catch up on previous episodes before a new episode of pop punk and pizza drops you can go to poppunkpizzapod.com listen to episodes there or you know find the links to all the other podcast platforms like apple podcasts and if you could drop us a positive rating and review i would truly truly appreciate that it really does go a long way also on our website you can buy merch find out uh, how you can become a sponsor for the show um Sign up for our mailing list, find out how you can submit music for your band, all that fun stuff, poppunkpizzapod.com. Our socials are also, it's the same handle, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at poppunkpizzapod. Hit me up there anytime. I'd be happy to talk with you. Um, and then also we do have a Facebook group that I encourage you to join as well. It's just Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. When you search it on Facebook, not only will our Facebook page pop up, but you'll see the private group that you can join as well. So thank you so much once again for being here. We stream live every single Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time uh, on our Facebook, our YouTube, and our Twitch accounts. And coming up next uh, Wednesday, which is going to be September 8th, we are going to be joined by a band called Don't Panic and then uh, famous skateboarder Steve uh, Calabero, or Caballero, excuse me, Caballero uh, is going to be joining us on the podcast. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So I will uh, talk to you next week. Hope you're staying well. Hope you're staying healthy. And uh, thank you, uh, Brittany Edwards, chiming in, says, great show. 
going to watch it again with my brother. He just tuned in. And uh, she says, happy 1st of September, (laughs) y'all. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Hey, hello. It's nice to meet you.